Right. So do you want to do an intro to the show? Sure. I'll put you on the spot. So <laughs> <laughs> the first episode of Waiting for Review. Um, quick introductions. I'm David Knott. I live in Devon in England and I'm an independent iOS developer. And you are? I am David Wood. Um, I live in the middle of England in Leicester. And again, I'm an independent iOS developer and a bit of a jack of all trades with other things as well. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. So did you want to briefly describe how we both got into iOS development? Um, perhaps you go ahead first and then yeah. we'll go back and forth. Yeah, I'm happy to start. So um, I have very recently actually in this this last year left behind a 14-year career sort of in data analysis um i say left behind in the loosest sense i think i've been having a bit of a break from it in a lot of ways um <laughs> part of I, I may well go back to that sort of work fairly shortly but that that's another story um in the meantime in where i've, I've been at the moment um i got into ios development as a bit of a side gig to that um day-to-day that that normal corporate job and that started for me just over four years ago actually um i have had to teach myself the basics of ios dev and objective c because obviously swift wasn't around at the time um and i I was doing that on the side or out out, around my day-to-day job um for me that that required a lot of motivation at the time to actually sort of put the time in to get up to to do the learning as it were first thing on a morning before I went to work um and that that proceeded on and off for 18 months two years or so after that and then um late summer 2015 I actually had my first app together and launched that into the app store that's a a video mixing app that, that enables people to perform live with with video on their iPad or iPhone. Um, that was launched, let's say, late 2015. Um, brought a second app out just over a year ago, I think, as well. That's another video manipulation app. Uh, it lets people project kind of holograms off of their phone um, if they've got a, a, a kind of prism that you project up onto. Um, and then... Like I say, in the middle of last year, I made the leap to sort of leave my my day-to-day job behind for a while. Um, And I've been working sort of full-time on my own apps and um, a little bit of contract work since then. And that's sort of been my indie life for the last six months. Cool. So for me, I guess it's... um, I've been working a a jobby job, shall we say, since 2011 um, as a developer. Um, 2014 I started to take iOS development a lot more seriously so I started uh, a company and started work on my first major app which was a remote control for Kodi, the home theatre system the premise behind it again was kind of I there were apps out there but I wanted to try something a little bit on my own um, and I, ne- I needed a project to get into to to really sort of flex my muscles with iOS um, that was a super cool Super cool learning curve. Um, so that launched in April 2014. 
Um, in fact, it launched the day the Apple Watch came out. That's how I remember it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't have an Apple Watch at the time, but I did have an Apple Watch app, which was utterly terrifying because <laughs> I had no hardware to test on. Um, as luck would have it, I've got a friend who buys pretty much everything. Um, and he took delivery of an Apple Watch. So I, I remember running around to his house to get his Apple Watch to test my watch on and just prayed that it worked on real hardware. And thankfully it did. Did it work first uh, time? It did work first time. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, it worked in the simulators, but you you just don't know, do you, when, when you try it on real hardware. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you got an Apple Watch it's, now? You bought one since? I do, I do, yeah. Um, I kind of... I should have just pre-ordered one um but i am denard yeah and i ended up i think having to wait till must have been july i think until i took delivery of mine it took um it's do you have one by the I, way i do yes it took me um took me a lot longer than you though i think i hummed and hard for about nine or ten months <laughs> um mainly because i didn't already wear a watch i, I was the same yeah I, I i wasn't a watch wearer i used to be um, when i was in college um and for some reason I think I went swimming and I left it in in my bag and the bag kind of got dropped in the water um, and I just never bothered replacing it and I didn't miss it so I was kind of dubious as to whether I'd even like the Apple Watch regardless of what it can do technically would, would I enjoy wearing it um, it's um, it surprised me how much I enjoy it actually as well um, I don't know if you found the same um, but just sort of having having had the watch um, it's really grown on me, sort of having that notification, having it there, um, being able like a to kind of triage device. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel, I feel like it's had a hard time. The watch, really. Um, it's almost become cool to, to you know, whinge about it and say, oh, it doesn't do this, it doesn't do that. Um, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, would I? It's, it's easy to criticise it, but I find I end up wearing mine every day, and yeah, I, I really like it for what it does. No, I, th- I think it's great. I mean, I mean it, it's early days, isn't it, really? Um, both in terms of what you can do on it from a developer's point of view. I know they've come a long, long way since the, uh, the watch kit apps of 1.0. Um, but I, I, I think it's cool. Would I replace it if I broke it right now? I don't know on that. Yeah. I, that's, I, that's what, I that's what bugs me. <laughs> uh, if I mean, the way I look at it is if my iPhone broke or got lost or whatever, I would be probably cutting this podcast short and going straight to the shop and getting another one yeah if my watch broke i don't know and that when when the watch gets to that level in my head that i would definitely replace it that's when i think i know it's it's kind of a real thing if you see what i mean yeah it feels it feels kind of like a a bit of a gizmo at the moment yeah um i love it don't get me wrong but i don't think it's kind of that mass market yet is it no no not at all um I think um, it's interesting seeing how different people get used to it in different ways, though. Um, my wife is hearing impaired, so she she doesn't do phone calls. We text each other rather than ever do a telephone call. Um, and the thing that the watch really does for her is that if she's got her phone in her bag, she doesn't have to worry about realising whether she's had a message or anything like that because the, the watch lets her know. Okay, um, that's a cool angle on it, isn't it? Yeah, so it's it's been a really um, interesting thing to sort of see in terms of how it's it improved things for her when she's out and about. Um, I think there's there's a few things like that in terms of accessibility that um, things like the watch open up. 
So no, definitely. That's. Uh, I think it needs to kind of get the price down though. Really, yeah. it's still re- regular people. Like when I, when I talk to kind of my nerdy friends, either the A they've already got an Apple Watch or B are kind of like yeah these are cool. Talk to regular people, um, like family members that aren't into it so much. They're not sold on it yet. No, they're kind of sold on it when 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 you do sort of like your your demo, you sort of show them all the features, and they sort of go, "Oh yeah, okay, that's cool." And then they say, "So how much is it?" And that's the sticking point right now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think I think if they can get it almost to like one nine nine, that would be a good start. Yeah, because I th- and yeah, that's almost like the magic number, isn't it? Well, they said about the iPod years ago when it got to one nine nine, they just flew off the shelves. Yeah, and I seem to remember yeah. a similar thing happening uh, briefly with the iPod Touch as well. Um, my my memory of that time is that the iPod Touch sort of came out, looked kind of cool, and people were thinking about those over iPods that I knew. Um, and then the iPhone obviously kind of nuked that. <laughs> yeah, in fact, I had an. That's how I got started. Actually, I had an iPod Touch. Yeah, I um I didn't go in for the iPhone just because I was um obviously a lot younger at the time and didn't really have a reliable income stream. So the thought of getting a, a phone contract terrified me. Yeah. But I, but I was desperate to have an iOS device, nevertheless. Um, so yeah, the iPod Touch was great for that. But I think now it's it's almost kind of feels a little bit like abandoned, doesn't it? All the innovations yeah. on the iPhone um, and the iPod Touch kind of gets whatever's left. It does. <laughs> my my eldest child has got um, an iPod Touch. He's ten. Um, there was no way that we were going to let him have a telephone right now, um, just because again it would be another contract. And who is he really going to call? right now um other than us yeah um yeah he's he's got one of those and he loves it because it's almost a phone yeah for from his his perspective it's 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 almost as good because he can take it with him if there's wi-fi he can get on the internet with it um and the camera's actually still pretty reasonable so what what i've kind of lost touch of it now what what gen are they on are they I think the is it six <clears throat> seven. Um, I'm not sure of the exact generation. I think it might be six. Um, but I'm, I think the chip that's in the one he's got is the A8 chip. So it's right. I'm okay. Pretty sure it's got the insides of a 5s. Um, sort of put into that that slightly thinner, slightly smaller body. Yeah, sure. It's funny because I saw one, um, a reasonably new one recently. And yeah, I I can I completely wasn't ready for how thin it was. Yeah, because my kind of expectations are now aligned with the iPhone cycle. Every year it gets a little bit thinner, a little bit thinner. So when you get one, it's like, oh, well, look how thin it is. And yeah, but then you completely forget the iPods are even thinner again, aren't they? Yeah, and every time I pick his up and get that thinness, I kind of have that impression of right. I kind of want my phone to be like that. Um, <laughs> that's a can of worms there for a debate, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'd, I'd be happy i'd be happy with that thinness on 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 the phone if it was uh possible um hey if they can maintain the current battery life I, I personally wouldn't have a problem with it going thinner yeah i know i know some people say keep keep the thickness and as the batteries improve then get the benefits there yeah um personally i've never had a problem with battery life on my phone it gets charged every night at the end of the day um i wake up with a full battery it goes to the end of the day i I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm doing some things other people aren't. Um, that that is mostly sort of real life for me. Um, I mean, <clears throat> my iPhone six, I, I had um, a couple of issues with the battery life on that. It was a, a bad model, um, 
but again, take it down to the Apple store and they gave me a full replacement. And it's, it's, it was fine after that. But that, that sort of showed a sign of about 10 months into having it. It was it was quite bad. It wasn't making it through the day. For, for mm. me, as long as my device makes it to the end of the day, I don't really care. I'm going to charge it anyway. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's an irrelevance of how much you got left as long as it got through. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you're not with like two percent left, <laughs> you're cutting it that fine. But yeah, still rocking the iPhone six here actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's it now? Well over two years old. Um, generally, I end up with about forty percent at the end of the day, and it's not like I don't use it. I'm usually you know over at work listening to podcasts, music, whatever, uh, various apps. I, I guess I'm not playing games constantly. Maybe that's where. It's the it's, frustrations it's keeping come the screen from. illuminated. I think for any length of time is the real killer. Um, yeah. And then after that, obviously using your your three G as well, that that will kill it. Um, but if you're on Wi Fi and generally have the the screen off, you know, working with music, um, it can keep going for quite a while. Yeah. No, I'm uh, kind of when the seven came out, it was like, do I replace it? Um, and I just, I, you did, didn't you? I you did, got the seven. Yeah, yeah. But I, I had motivation. Um, so I mean, for me, it was that I wanted the camera upgrade because we were about to go and do our, our big trip to New Zealand that we had last year. Um, right. Okay. So I, I wanted, you know, the best camera I could sort of fit in my pocket. Um, and upgrading the phone was a good way to do that. Uh, you didn't go plus, did you? No. Or did you? No. You I, didn't? I, I stayed on the normal size. Uh, for me, the Plus is just that little bit too big for me to handle properly every day. Um, okay. If I have to sort of use two hands all the time with my phone, uh, that's kind of not the way I like to use it. So, yeah, I stayed, stayed with the regular size. And that means I've missed out on all the nice sort of telephoto stuff and everything else. But the camera improvement's still really good. It's, uh, I, th- I think I think I might have to do it when I when I I'm gonna have to go for the bigger one next time. Yeah, I I almost 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 did with the six, um, to the point where I was making cardboard cutouts, <laughs> uh, and uh, carrying them around in my pocket, which was a little bit sad. I'll give you, but um, no, but you, you need you need in, to in, in the end, <laughs> in in the end, I I effectively wimped out and just went for the six. Yeah, um, the thing that put me off. Um, was the way the the screen works because the the panel isn't it a 1080p panel on it yeah so it's sort of nineteen twenty by ten eighty but then it renders it at three x off screen yeah and then scales it down to ten eighty yes yes it does I think I'm saying that right that really 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 put me off I was super uncomfortable with that yeah probably comes from being a bit of a home theater nerd where I like everything you know pixel perfect I don't like scaling at all yeah. if I can help it um, and I guess that probably comes with some kind of overhead on the cpu gpu side having to do that scaling as well i imagine it does um it was something i was um, wondering about as well um, coupled with the big the more pixels to push anyway yeah plus the scaling um i mean when i talk to most people that have got the six plus they kind of look at me with a blank expression when i say what i've just said yeah because i'm, <laughs> um, I'm guessing like, on a day-to-day basis it probably doesn't impact anything at all in terms of actually i using don't think it. it does i mean I, I was looking super closely at one on a, a table view and i was scrolling really really slowly <laughs> and there were times where you could see the sort of one pixel line that separates each table cell yeah that there was a little bit of flutter there okay um but i i was really looking for it though and i knew it was there yeah. so i was looking for it 
Um, it's it's hard if you know there's a reason sure. you might not like something. It's hard not to assess it purely on that one thing. Um, yeah, I, I I think now I'm kind of I've I've moved past it. I've moved on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would be fine now getting a six plus or a seven plus or a an, an eight plus when it comes out. See, my my, uh, my assumption presumably... is we're going to go maybe to edge to edge later this year, if not after. Yeah, isn't it? I read some rumours that the screen size may get even bigger, but the form factor, like the physical size, will remain the same. Yep. Because if they're going to go edge to edge, they can get a bigger panel in there. Yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking um, stay on the same size, sort of same form factor, um, but with edge to edge... It, it bec- and you'll gain the real estate. Yep. That's an interesting way of looking at it, actually. I haven't thought of it like that. So... That's, that's what I keep saying to myself anyway, because I kind of wanted the Plus in terms of functionality, but I knew I couldn't sort of live with it day-to-day sort of handling it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the wireless charging that's possibly going to be the biggest thing, I think, yeah. for the next one. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just most interested in what on earth are they going to give you to allow you to charge wirelessly? Because I can't see Apple shipping one of these power mats. No. Nor do I think they'll go for the Apple Watch sort of magnetic solution because I guess it kind of is wireless because you're not actually plugging something in but you still have to effectively make contact with the device don't you yeah I'm wondering if they might go there in terms of having something very similar to to the watches um, pad that that magnetically glues itself on Um, I can't quite see it yet. It, that would certainly get... If you could have that and still maintain the lightning port, that would get people around the whole, I can't charge my phone while I'm using the lightning headphones, for example. Yeah. Um, again, that's that's an argument I've not really kind of bought into, really, again, because I've never had battery life issues. I never charge my phone at the moment anyway. I guess yeah. the only exception could be if you're on a long flight. That was the only time I felt that problem and i had a bit of a sort of wry smile to myself as i was flying off from england to new zealand sat on the plane it's like yep okay i want to use my phone use my phone to play music and charge it on the plane at the same time um i didn't wasn't really able to use my bluetooth headphones they were in the other bag Uh. um so yeah i just had that that kind of moment of yep i had to upgrade my phone for this trip and i've walked straight into that problem (laughs) <laughs> just out of interest did they let you charge your phone they did yeah that's interesting yeah. so they, they had um... they, they, they wouldn't let us when we went to uh flew to vegas in 2015 they wouldn't let you charge your phone via usb whoa okay they, they had on the seats like little usb ports yeah. sort of next to the screens um but every time you the cabin crew saw that you were plugged in for any length of time they would come over and say you need to unplug it because that usb port albeit it charges your phone it's actually designed so that you can play your videos on your devices on the on the screen in the seat oh so like you can watch your holiday videos on the way home i guess that kind of thing yeah and they said if you're not doing that you need to unplug because it's a, a safety hazard with the lithium-ion batteries that's that's odd we we weren't um we weren't told off at all we, we the only thing was that we couldn't have them have devices plugged in while it was sort of taking off and coming into land yeah, um, that's fair so that, enough, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's more to do with the fact they didn't want anything rattling around in the front of the seat. Um, but uh, I'm guessing that the flight you were on, their their USB ports probably couldn't really handle supplying the power. 
Um, Possibly, yeah. Um, yeah, they just kept saying, you know, safety, lithium-ion batteries, they could explode, things like that. Right. That, that was like their default, you know, go-to line. Honestly, uh, this is... I've never heard that one before on a, on a flight, though. That was that was odd. Be- this is before the exploding Samsungs as well. Yeah, way yeah. way before all of that. Yeah. yeah my, my, my flights out last October were um, full of warnings. Yeah, if you, if you, oh, were they? Yeah. Because yeah. that was in the height of it, I suppose, it was, wasn't they it? They were... Um, a, I can't remember what the fine was now. It was something like $180,000 or something. Um, what, if, if you had a phone on yeah, you? Yeah, there, there was some talk of, of quite a high fine in the States if you had one of those phones and you took it onto a flight. Ooh. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's still quite a lot of them in use, I think, isn't there? I think so. I don't really know why. Um, last thing I... Well, it, you know, I mean, I only really know about it because I follow that kind of stuff, but... You know, if you don't, if you're not into, if you just buy the phone and, you know, that's the end of it. Yeah. And you don't really follow tech. Yeah, maybe maybe <sighs> you don't know. But, you know, but you, can, you can see how people maybe either just ignore it, even even if, even if they send notifications to the phone or emails or whatever, you know what people are like. They'll just, you know, no, close, whatever, I've, next. I've not got time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the idea of my phone going bang potentially while I'm using it, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I read a headline the other day. It said, um, oh, what was it? It said something like Samsung has uh, finished an investigation and they deem the cause to be the battery. Yep. What an investigation. Pretty much. <laughs> I think the main thing was it's not our software and it's not the way we've configured the hardware. So they've I, it got the feeling they were kind of throwing their supplier under the bus a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that seemed like one of the most obvious investigations ever. Yeah, it was the battery. So, well, yeah. we kind of knew that, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want us to get back across to our um, our topic for the show a little bit. Sure. Um, so we've spoken about broadly how we got into this sort of indie life. Um, but I'm wondering, okay, you, you're still doing a full-time job right now. Right now, yeah. yeah. Um, that's perhaps something else we could talk about is is the fact that you're under notice, I believe, right now. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. when do you become fully free? That will be the 2nd of February would be my last day. Awesome. So at the moment I'm working four days a week and I have been since ooh, December 2013. So I kind of wanted to free up one day that I could kind of just put my head to iOS stuff. Because um, I was doing a lot of it in the evenings and the weekends, um, which is fine. Um, I still do where I can work in the evenings and weekends. Um, but at the same time, uh, wife, kid, don't particularly like that very much yeah. <laughs> if you're uh, constantly uh, working. Um, and, you know, from a selfish point of view, it's nice not to have to be constantly working all of your spare time. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of eat into the five-day working week a bit to get some some time back for me and life in general. How did you um, how did you negotiate that change when you went from five days to four days? Um, it was pretty blunt. It started out asking nicely, um, and they were receptive to it, and they said, yeah, we can talk about it, that kind of thing. Um, then I got an email saying, what will you do if we say no? Um <laughs> I said, well, I, I would probably um, 
I would just get any job, really, yeah, whatever it may be. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the field of development. I'll take anything because the reward will be then being able to work on my own stuff. That would be kind of like where, where the fun happens in my career, if you like. Yeah. And I'll just suffer through whatever else I have to do to make that happen, um, which I, I think they kind of appreciated. Yeah, um, I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. So you you, you kind of had to prove to them that you were pretty serious about this. Pretty much. I mean, the goal was to go to three days. Yeah. Um, eventually, but I think it, it was difficult because, uh, you know, I, I'd already been in that job working five days for a while, so going to four days, it was almost like you kind of still had to do five days worth of work in four days. That doesn't surprise me. That that sounds... I think had I gone to another job and worked four days from the get-go, it would have made things a lot easier. Yep. Because then the expectation is, he's only in for four days, and that's fine, because that's kind of what you went into it yep. as. Whereas with this, it was kind of like, well, he used to be here for five days, but now he's only here for four. So, yeah. And then at the same time, you kind of got customers, they still want results. Yep. And they would pretty quickly get fed up with oh well i'm not here on one day a week so it will take longer yeah um did that did that kind of highlight the the way things were structured within your job in terms of being able to hand off to the people on the team and that sort of thing it made me get a lot uh better at it um at kind of handing off to other people um because at, at the start it, i wasn't the greatest at it to be quite honest yeah um, it's something I probably still struggle with a bit now. I don't. I don't feel comfortable. There's two sides to it. There's well, the one side is I don't like putting on other people. Yeah. And I kind of feel like a, a pain, sort of like I'm the guy that's part time, and because of that, you're now having to take on my workload. Yeah. That kind of bothers me. Um, and then the second point is, I guess maybe just being a bit of a control freak about it. <laughs> Sort of like I'd like to do it myself. Yeah, and that's that's not any criticism of the other guys. I mean, I know they're quite you know as capable, probably more capable in some areas than I am. Um, but yeah, it's just a bit of a personal struggle, I guess. Yeah, it's probably part of your character that's leading you to become indie as well. Possibly, yeah. I, I think. I mean, that's that's another thing, isn't it? Being independent. Um, my accountant was sort of saying to me once, yeah. So, what's your plan to grow and scale? Yeah, it's kind of like. Um, it isn't. <laughs> um, the kind of goal is to never ever do that. And yeah, again, he, he I guess he's used to dealing with proper businesses, you know, yeah. that have got expenses and premises and staff and payroll. And here I am sat in his office in what is quite a large accountancy firm. There's <laughs> like this one one man little guy who wants to make a couple of iOS apps. Um yeah, so really my my goal is to never do that. I just want to try and just be me. Yeah. Do as much as I can. Just be me, um, and try and fit in, sort of work around life rather than the other way around. That's kind of the end goal. I think that's. A, I okay. guess it's something similar for yourself. It's very similar for myself, and I'd, I'd say I think that's that's an admirable admirable goal to have. Um, everything seems to be geared up very much around, like you say, the sort of you're going to be a business, you're going to scale, you're going to have employees, and. If it's not that sort of view, you tend to end up with the views of, oh, well, are you, are you a startup? Are you looking for to get capital and, and that kind of angle as well? Um, but I think, you know, for me, the, the indie side of things for me is very much around generating my own freedom, if you like. Be, exactly, exactly. Be, being able to 
pick my hours, being able to sort of fit this stuff around family life and that side of things. Um, I've seen enough of it in the last six months to know that this is something that I do really enjoy. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier on, but I'm looking at the potential of going back into salaried work for a while. Um, that might be forevermore. You know, this may just have been a blip on on the radar. I, I don't know yet. Um, but the the important thing for me is that the stuff I'm doing on my own apps with my own business is fun, and that it is able to be you know maintained in a way that I enjoy in one way or another. Um, so I'm, I'm happy with the idea of going back into salaried work as long as I sort of still keep this stuff going on the side and in a way that I find fun and motivating. Um, it al- yeah, it allows you to kind of tolerate a, a more salary-based existence, knowing you've got this as a as, as the fun bit, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, yeah. and I've also found, um, because, I mean, I launched my app and got there um, sort of training myself up to do it, alongside having the day day job, having all of the you know the responsibilities I had there as well because I'd become a, a manager in that position. I had a, a couple of junior staff to worry about. Um, and I found that having the indie stuff on the side helped my day job. I, I think you pick up um, broader skills, you pick up other types of skills uh, by just taking on anything that's sort of in the side gig in that way. Um, and I, I found those things sort of kept feeding through into my day job in, in ways that I couldn't really predict. That's interesting. Um, that that job um, was doing customer insights and data analysis. And I ended up with a, a particular project that I can remember quite well was that um, we had a website for our corporate customers. Um, they can log on, they can administrate their accounts with, with the business. Um and that was going through some difficulties. And I'd, I'd done a piece of work that sort of exposed how people weren't using the service. Um, and before I knew what was happening, I was actually ending up um, being invited to meetings to sort of go through the new design for the website, talking through the um, user onboarding, the user experience, that sort of thing. Um, and I found that actually having done some of that myself with my own apps then meant that I was just that little bit more qualified to speak about it a little bit in my day job. So that that was something I couldn't necessarily have predicted when I sort of started out doing this this kind of side thing outside of work and, and exploring launching apps and going through that process. How did your employer react to you doing things on the side? Did Were they aware? Do they need to be aware? Were they behind you? Um, um, I was very lucky in terms of my my former team I got on very well with. Um, So my immediate co-workers and and people that I'd known for for a little while there, they kind of knew what I was up to quite early, Um, mainly because I I couldn't really help myself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's that element of, um, you know, oh, look look what I built at the weekend, that sort of thing. Um, And and we all used to talk code and, and different projects that people were up to. So I was lucky that in my, with my co-workers, they knew. And then eventually senior management kind of got wind. Um, but by that time, it was too late, really, for them to interrupt it in any meaningful way. Um, because I already had the app out and in the store. 
So it's a little bit sort of fate accompli, you know, Dave does this and, and this is a thing. Um, there was a, a clause within my contract that prevented me from working in any similar business. Um, but the side gig was not classified as being similar. Okay, uh, so you managed to get, get around that. Yeah, then. yeah. Yeah. Um, and the other side of it is is that they actually started to see the, the some of the benefits, I think, in terms of things that I knew more about and how they, that was sort of helping me with, with other bits of the job. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the they could look at it from two ways, couldn't they? They could see it as the, you, you're learning outside of work and you're going to potentially be able to bring more stuff to the table inside work. Yep. Or I guess you could maybe take the view of, oh, well, what if... Well, if it goes really well and he leaves, that kind of thing. But I think that's quite a short-sighted. Yeah, and I, I think there's there's, um, there's always that potential as well. And, and you know, what what if you're doing really well within your day job, and then somebody else comes along and offers to pay you more? Precisely, it, it's, yeah. it's always a concern. Um, and I think good managers, practical managers, actually want their staff to be progressing higher than they're at on any given day, any given year. Um, well, I mean, if if they said no, that's only going to harbour just resentment on your part isn't it yeah and, and probably force you to take a, a stand perhaps and you know it, yeah it, it wouldn't end well i wouldn't have thought would it? exactly the same same as in your situation when they asked you okay well what if we say no yeah <laughs> well you you gave them the answer you, you you would have been off and i think for me um yeah there, there was the cat was out of the bag once i'd started there was no way i, I wanted to stop um, and it, it would have been a case of, well, I'll make sure that publicly on the surface I'm not doing anything that's going to get my contract removed. Um, but I'd, I would still have been edit- making my own apps and, and working on things, you know, um, and it would have just been putting things on hold until I'd left that job. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think I've been very lucky um, in that the place I was working at, I had had good immediate management Um and then on the flip side of that is that well, I think one of the worries for, for companies when they find out somebody's doing a side gig, you've, I think you've got two main worries. And one is that, you know, oh, my God, he's going to be off. Okay, this is somebody who's who we can't necessarily plan on being around this time next year or whatever. And then I think the other worry is that, oh, this person's going to be effectively working two jobs and that means they're not going to be giving us the sort of full potential. Um, so there's the, the worry Again, that you're not though, going see, to I, deliver, you know? Yeah, I, I still think that's really short-sighted, though, isn't it? Th- to me, anyway, if I was a boss, and I'm not a boss, and I'd, I'd probably be a terrible boss, so ignore everything I'm about to say. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I think if someone wants to go out and try something on their own, that speaks volumes about their character, surely. Uh, and and as, a, as an employer, you must be thinking, wow, I've got someone who's like super, super keen, super into stuff. And the minute you try and clip their wings is, you know, you've almost pretty much you know ensured that one one day sooner or later probably sooner rather than later they're going to be off yeah it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy i think at that point it's um yeah so i don't know i think for me there's very much a a case of by the time anybody kind of realized that i was doing this who could really have caused me any trouble in my work if you like um in terms of sort of senior management I'd already been doing it for a while. I had the app in the store and I'd been delivering good results in my day job as well. So the, so the proof, so you could almost say to them, well, did you notice? Yeah. 
anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And, and at that point, I was getting really good sort of quarterly reviews on my work. Um, I produced uh, levels of analysis and insight that, that were driving new sort of parts of strategy in the business as well. Um, so I had, like I say, it was fortunate in terms of just everything was kind of aligning quite well. Um, I think had it happened at a time where maybe I wasn't delivering quite so well, there might have been an argument to sort of say, well, is you doing the iPhone apps impacting work? And and, and I think that would that could have escalated. I could see certainly how under certain sorts of managers, if once they think that is what's happening, I could see how it could escalate into a situation where, you know, the side job is, is becoming a bone of contention. Um, thankfully, I didn't have to endure that. No, it sounds like it all kind of uh, all aligned quite nicely for you. Yeah. Probably because you just got on and did it. Pretty much, yeah. Reading between the lines, I think that's kind of what it sounds like, isn't it? Yeah. Um, how, how did you... Oh, we've talked a bit about time, and you carved out a day, a week or so, um, when you negotiated with your, your employer. Um, did you do anything else sort of special in terms of, like, time management and putting in those bits of time before and after work or, or however you did it i did the biggest thing for me was almost that directly impacted my time management was my device management right and i think you know we've spoken perhaps a little bit privately about this before the biggest change for me was going to a desktop right so i've had a macbook since 2010 macbook pro um still got it coming up seven years old yeah unbelievably um <laughs> In fact, it's vintage now. Apple Apple sent me an email saying it's vintage, so I, I can only presume it's worth more now yeah. than it was when I bought it. I, 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 <laughs> think, I think that's the nudge to upgrade. Pretty much. <laughs> um, but no, I bought myself one, the first gen 5K IMAX. Yeah. Um, and that that was huge in terms of focusing me because I would have the laptop out prior to the iMac um, and I'd be kind of perched on a breakfast bar stool in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, and then something would happen, like the dog would run in or you know, someone would come into the room and I'd start talking to them and they'd go, oh, I'll go make myself a coffee because I'm in the kitchen. Yeah. Whereas now, I, if I'm going to work, I have to make a conscious decision to stop what I am doing, go up the stairs, go into my office, turn on the iMac, sit at a proper desk in a proper chair, in a proper environment that's quiet. And then to me, that says, right, you're working now. Yeah. You know, get on with it, basically. Whereas with the laptop, it was one of those things where you could just open that lid at any time, yeah. be under the illusion that you're working, where really I don't think a lot of the time I particularly was working that effectively. No. Um, but no, on the flip side of that, when the temptation was there, um, just to flip open the laptop lid and you know hammer away at the keyboard for you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, however long, I could have actually been engaging in the other non-work stuff that was going on. Yeah. Um, and probably should have been. So you kind so, of get the worst of both worlds when it's when, when your engagement is like that. Yeah, I wasn't engaging in my work and I wasn't engaging with the stuff that was going on around my work, which probably I should have been doing in the first place and not even considering opening the laptop. Yeah. Um, so it, it was just a vicious cycle. So now I've got this desktop... Um, which seems like a strange thing to do at this kind of time. Yeah. Given, <laughs> given the wider landscape. 
Yeah, it seems like I'm kind of going backwards here. I'm not sure. But... I think the iMac's probably around to stay, even if even if the uh, the Mac Pro and the Mac Mini are perhaps debatable at the moment. Yeah. Um, I, God, did you see that um, concept of the new, like some new MacBook, uh, not MacBook, Mac Pro? Um, the the one that's closer to like an X Mac, where you can put a uh, a PC graphics card in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if, if imagine if they made that. Yep. Oh, that that'd be so good. Um, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a whole other show we could have there talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I can't can't recommend going to a desktop enough for me anyway. Yeah. It may not work for everyone. I, I kind of feel now um, now we have a five month old baby. Um, maybe a laptop would be good again. I think because in between sort of naps and things like that, where there really is sort of free time because it's very intense i found um kind of learning all the time with it being the first child and all yep. but it's, it's very very intense and then it's very very nothing all of a sudden yeah um so then i'm especially if i'm sort of solo parenting um i'm kind of like oh, what do i do now he's got he's gone to sleep and he could stay asleep for an hour yeah um but i don't really want to be leaving the room with him um Maybe I should be. Maybe that is something I should be addressing. But <laughs> it, it would be um, quite kind of nice to just be able to flip open a laptop and be in the same room during that hour. Could you bring him uh, into your workroom? Maybe would that work? Possibly, possibly. Yeah. Or maybe I need to sort of fine tune this a little bit. Um, I think if I was to have like a little office or a little co-working space somewhere, yeah, uh, which I don't. I'm entirely home based. I would consider possibly going back to a, a laptop arrangement. Yeah. And just installing two screens, either one at the office where I was at and one at home. Yep. And just sort of carrying the laptop between. Um, but I th- yeah, that's that's a way off yet. In any case, um, that. Um, so I, I think for, I think right now desktops the way for me to go. That that makes me uh, think of my situation actually because I do work from a co-working space um, at least one or two days a week, um, and for me having the laptop is essential for that. You know, there's no, no way I could really do do it otherwise. Um, my laptop is my main machine. Uh, I had for a while. I had a Mac Mini on the go as well, um, and just pushing files between the two never really seemed to work out for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I've kind of tried moving between desktop and laptop. Um, yeah, you can push files between, but it it's so nice just to shut the lid and take your whole world with you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely, and, and I think I think I'd be kicking myself for sort of the amount of time I'd invest pushing files from one machine to the other if I went to that now. Um, I mean, what I have at the moment is I've got a workroom in the same sort of way as you were describing a home office sort of setup, um, and I have an external monitor. Um, the only trouble is, is it's an HD screen. It looks awful after I've been on the Retina screen for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I need to sort that out at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, being able to just grab and go and have everything all together, that's that's vital, really. And there's been a few times that the co-working space I work from um, is provided free by a local university, and that's, that's awesome. Um, but it does mean that if they want to do anything else with that space, then I can't work there. And that, that has happened right. um, happened last month. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, again, I've got the laptop. I can go and park in a coffee shop if I need to for a while. And, and that's, that's what I did. 
Um, so it's it's been good for me, I think, at this stage to actually have some days where I'm not at home. Um, and this is something you may end up with when, when you're no longer working for the day job. Um, in that um, five days a week, every week at home, can actually become um, a little, little isolating. Um, it can can be... Uh, yeah, change of scenery, I think, is uh, probably going to be quite important for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, was it a couple of weeks ago I was working at home and it got to about half past six in the evening. I went to walk out the front door and realised it was locked. Yeah. So I hadn't gone anywhere that entire day, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little bit kind of weird when it happened. I was like, oh, flipping heck. I've, 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 all I've done is sort of meandered between, you know, office, kitchen, bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, th- I think you can kind of go a bit stir crazy, can't you? Especially if you're on your own. Yeah, I think you as can. Well, cause, I mean, at work, you've got, you, I guess you stay in the one place for most of the day. But I guess you have co-workers around you, don't you? Yeah. Um, the thing for me is I hadn't... Have you come across the concept rubber ducking? Yes. Yeah. So I've got one of those little cats that uh, waves its arm at me. Yeah. Um, I've, I've literally got a rubber duck. It was given to me by one of my ex-staff um, when I left. Because um, they said, oh, you're going to need this now. Because uh, you've not got us. And they, they were very, very true when they said that. Um, sort of working from home, working on my own stuff you do end up um, end up needing people to bounce things off. Yeah, it can be very isolating, can't it? Yeah. So I, th- I think I'd definitely be, be looking, in your situation, definitely be recommending you sort of look to places you can go to to kind of have a bit of that. Yeah, there is some co-working spaces locally. They are a little bit on the expensive side. You can kind of hot desk or get a, a little booth that remains yours throughout the week and you just pay rent on it like any regular office. Yep. Um, I think I probably need to be further down the road though really before I can start considering outlays like that um, could possibly go to libraries perhaps yeah. and just pull up at a desk there and I think maybe even if you just reached out and sort of seeing in terms of um, whether there's any groups or anything going on locally um, because you know, sometimes what it is it's more about the contact than necessarily the space yeah yeah totally agree with um, that so I mean, I mean, I'm a little, I'm a little bit out in the sticks, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess there's some X two would probably be the nearest place to me. Yeah, that would probably have enough people with a similar mindset <laughs> around that would, you know, a group would even exist. Failing that, I suppose Bristol maybe. Yeah, that would probably um, be quite a trek, though. I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's way, it's well over two hours yeah. to get to Bristol. Um, but even as much as I'm going to be, you know, working from this coffee shop on this day, does anybody fancy coming and parking up next to me um, and doing putting a call out like that to sort of local developers group? Yeah, that could be a good shout. I suppose you being near a big city, it makes it a, a bit easier, doesn't it? It, it does a little. Um, yeah, I have I have definitely found that having a city on my doorstep has been useful for sort of breaking things up in that way. Um, although I do like the peace and quiet, we don't live in the city. Um, so I still still have a little bit of a commute in um, if, when I go to the co-working space. Yeah, p- peace and quiet is uh, is what I live for. <laughs> <laughs> living, living out in the countryside, being a, being a developer, I, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I think for me, just having 
having the option of, of, of both, you know, the city's there if, if I want it and uh, the peace and quiet is there otherwise. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool balance yeah. if you can, you know, like you say, have that distance from the city. That that would be cool. <laughs> um, well, I think we should probably be wrapping this call up now. Um, yeah. And I th- what are we at? Nearly 40, 48 minutes just gone. Yeah. We said we'd aim for 30 minutes, so we've done uh, we've done well. We <laughs> First episode and all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been great talking with you, David. Likewise. And uh, see you on the next one. Yeah, catch you later. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye.